Hi everyone, this is the Jay Marissa podcast and this is episode 17 coming to you from Thailand about the good, bad and ugly in sports and pop culture. Today's episode is more of a conversation on pop culture as well as various topics that I believe are quite interesting and relate to health, fitness and multicultures. My guest today is a fellow Lukrung, meaning mixed race Thai and foreign. She's also uh, she has also lived partly in Europe and now in Thailand and working in the health and fitness industry as a personal trainer in Bangkok. Uh, Miss Christiana Chaiwana 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 Hi. has also <laughs> had uh, experience in the modeling industry in Thailand. So here you go, Miss Christiana Chaiwana. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So Chaiwana is a a Thai name. Um, it is a Thai name. Um, it's actually, it's actually my mom's maiden name. <laughs> okay, so that's why you took it. So, you, so your mom is Thai and your dad is German. Is German, so you're half Thai, half German. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, Shaiwana is actually back from the time where um, Facebook. So, so basically, Facebook just came out and no one wanted to say their real name. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's take my mom's maiden name because it just sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you have Thai ID as well? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I also have been half Thai, half English. I also have both Thai nationality and British nationality. So tell us a brief background about yourself. About Apart from that, you were born in Germany. I was born in Germany, born and raised. Um, went all my life there to school. And um, yeah, and then I studied in France and then came to Thailand, basically. So you studied in France for... How long? Uh, around two years. Was that your um, bachelor's degree? That was my bachelor's degree, yeah. Mm. I started I started actually in Germany and then I went on an exchange program in Paris and then I just decided to stay there. Oh, that's really interesting. So you, le- so you speak a few different languages? Yes, I do. So I speak, so I, I actually studied translation and interpreting for English, French and German. Wow, that's really interesting that's really difficult I think no oh yeah yeah, it is um that's why I don't do it anymore <laughs> oh but you could do it like part-time no um I'm I'm still doing some translation work but I don't interpret anymore mm. because that's way too much stress right right I see oh sorry so then after that after you finish your bachelor's degree in France you moved to Bangkok Okay. So basically, it was actually, um, I was in my last year of bachelor's and I decided to do an internship. And so I came to Bangkok, um, did, did actually an internship in marketing, communications. And then I just liked it so much, I decided to stay. Yeah, here I am. Ah, that's cool. <laughs> so, but your parents and your family is You're still in Germany. In Germany. And you said that you lived in China for a little bit. Um, I lived in China. When was that? That was before I started studying in France. That was, um, I I was in a gap year and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went to China to au pair, look after children. Wow. Um, I had two kids in the family, a seven and five years old, really, really cute. Um, Stayed there a while with them. How was that? Like, and where is it? What city in China? Uh, It was in Shenzhen in the south of um, China near Hong Kong. Okay. And um, it was, uh, so basically, <laughs> so basically, because I always thought that culture shock wouldn't apply to me because I'm already, I was so used to the Thai culture, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've been back and forth my whole life. And then I went to China 
and it hit me. I was like, what is this world? <laughs> um, the first thing I noticed, I stepped onto the street in China and people were just this really horrible sound every 10 meters. <laughs> deep, deep down. <laughs> Spitting onto the street as well. Yeah, yeah they do uh, spit everywhere there. Mm. I saw lots of different things there. Like and and, and the, another thing in the shopping mall, a woman was holding her child above the bin so he could poo into <gasps> the bin. I was like, wow, then the toilet no. is just ten meters around the no. corner. <laughs> oh my god. I mean I, I think now it's it's a little bit different now because the economy is getting a lot better and also like you know, this China's developed so much because I went there not too long ago. I've been there a few times over the past couple of years and it's quite nice the places that I went oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, it's no, it's obviously there are some people like that, some people like that. Yeah, um, it's it was super developed, super new city, um, really really beautiful. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> it was definitely interesting. Different. I think definitely different to living in Germany and in and France in Thailand as and well. Thailand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's go. Let's go back. So you you were born and raised in Germany. You, do you have siblings? Um, I do have um a stepsister. She oh. lives in Bangkok. She's full Thai, but um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's it. So like, now you're living in Thailand. Um, your parents are in Germany. Do they come and visit you here, or do you go back to Germany much? Um, they <clears throat> do come and visit me, like every every year or so. And I, I'm gonna go back to Germany actually in a month or so. So that's gonna be exciting. Oh, for a vacation. Yeah, just for. Ah, oh, that's nice. Nice weather at this time, yeah. August, right? So, oh, that's good. Okay, so then you living in France. France and Germany was a much difference in terms of lifestyle, in terms of what you did on the daily. I mean, of course, you were studying in both places, but, mm -hmm. like, is there much difference, did you find? Um, How about the people? The people. I mean, they say that people in Paris are not French people. Hmm? Because they're... <laughs> they, they say... Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, because um, apparently they are kind of a little bit more rude or so. I heard that, yeah. Okay, I don't want to like throw too many claims out there. <laughs> I love Parisians. <laughs> as soon as you actually speak the language, speak a little bit of French, um, they're actually quite nice. It's only um. if you start speaking to them in English. And like, well, so you speak French like a French person? Um, not like a French person, but fluently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. So. But you learned French in Germany. I did, yeah. Okay. That's cool. I mean, you didn't learn Thai? I didn't learn Thai um, because bas basically when I went to kindergarten, all I did was speaking Thai. And then the kindergarten teacher just told me off for doing that because we live in, uh, we live in Germany. We need to speak German. And that's why I just stopped. And yeah. Oh, so, but then after that, your mom didn't talk to you at home? No, I, I actually refused to. I don't remember that, but my mom wow. said she, I, I didn't want to speak to her anymore in Thai. So that completely stopped. <laughs> well, yeah, when I grew up in England, I also didn't learn Thai. So I had a Thai father. They had Thai restaurants, so it was always kind of around Thai people. But yeah, I never picked up the language. Um, I think also I kind of was like, I don't need to, I live in England, I don't need to learn this. And then now I'm like, damn, <laughs> if only, you know. If only back then. Yeah. So was, when you were living in Germany, did you feel any culture clashes? When you, because you had a, a mixed family. Did you feel any racism? Was there any pros and cons or anything? Oh, yeah. That was actually really surprising because I come from a 
a, a small city of 50,000 inhabitants in um, southern Bavaria. And the thing is, we actually have a lot of immigrants like uh, from Turkey, from Russia, from all kinds of places. Um, and basically among the immigrants or like um, parents who immigrated, basically, mm. um, I got bullied from the Turkish kids, from the Russian kids being Chinese. They would what? come up to me being like, chick chat <laughs> No way. <laughs> like, okay. So when you were younger, you looked more Asian. I looked more Asian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I looked like... I look Chinese when I was a kid. I looks very Asian. Mm. And then how about now living in Thailand? Um, I mean, some people, most people say I look more Western. Mm. Some people would say, okay, you look kind of like mixed somehow. But um, overall, people just don't. I think half Thai, half foreign kids or people... <laughs> Um, are not really recognized as Thai people, like more like, because you could come from everywhere, from Japan, from Latin America, right. from Spain, from, it's just all really mixed. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like in England, I'm not full English and like in Thailand, I'm not full Thai, which I'm not, but like there's no place that um, the people are just like, oh yeah, she's a Thai person. Oh yeah, she's like a white British person. Yeah, we're in that, we're now we're creating our own little world. Of harpies. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in Thailand, if, if someone's coming up, someone's coming up and asking you, um, why don't you speak Thai? You like you're Thai. You have a Thai ID card, but you don't speak Thai. You just say I'm happy. and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, you have that excuse. That's good. Or why? Or, or like even why do you speak Thai? You look so Western. You look like Falang, right? And and um, you would just say I'm happy. Like, oh, oh yeah, they're like, oh yeah, you speak Thai so good. I'm like. Thanks. Like, I'm half Thai. I've lived here like 10 years. <laughs> and then they ask, why is it so bad? <laughs> I know, right? And then, they, yeah. So, why is your accent so bad? Oh, God. You can never win. Sorry. Um, do you think there's any pros and cons for being a, a mixed race here? Pros and cons. Living in Thailand? Yes, living in Thailand. Huh. I don't, I don't see any cons if you have a Thai ID card the no, pros are whatever happens you just say I'm happy Solina <laughs> mm. I think um I know that when I was fighting Muay Thai like people would love to see me fight I always get more opportunities than the other girls because I think that I'm mixed race and like it's different for them to see that so like they're always like oh yeah, put Jade on the show yeah, they want to see me get punched in the face. <laughs> let's bring this half girl up, get her punched. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about social groups. Wait, so how long have you lived in Thailand again? Three years. Three years? years? Really? Yeah, three I feel years like now. longer than that. Was I feel it? like I've known you longer than that. Three and a half years? <laughs> Possibly. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, so social groups in Thailand, like in terms of friends, or uh, dating, or uh, let's say... What's your interpretation <laughs> of men in Thailand as well? Because, I mean, the stereotype or what people really think about it when is like either the man, the foreign man comes to Thailand, the Thai woman, but no one really considers the half Thais. And now there's so many of us. <laughs> so in terms of friends, you know, Thailand is such a collective place, I feel like. So many Thai people have their friends from high school, from school, and, they, and they've been friends with these people forever. And it's kind of hard to go in there. And then the foreigners that come here, they end up going. They end up leaving and going back home. 
So then in like getting friends here is kind of difficult, I think. And then also depending on what you like to do is also kind of a difficult thing. So say like I do more time in the fitness industry, it's kind of hard to find others alike like that, you know. I don't, okay. like, how do you feel? Um, actually, I've never had problems um, finding friends actually in Bangkok because I'm by nature, I'm a really open person. So I would just go up to people um, say hi, I don't know, can I join, whatever. Oh, yeah, or like yeah, if yeah, there are meetup groups, there are Facebook groups, there are people are quite open here actually, especially the foreign people or um, Thai people who speak English at least. Um, in terms of, what were we saying? So, <laughs> so I was saying friends, dating. Yeah. Right. Um, right, friends. <laughs> dating part. So let's stick on to the friends bit for okay. now. So you said like you're open, you can go and talk to people easily, which is actually that's also rare, you know, in Thailand, like people don't, they can, they're, they're very, like I said, they're collective and kind of introverted. So they don't really go out and to like talk to strangers. Whereas say I was in America, I'd be sat somewhere and someone's like, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? You know, but in Thailand, you don't get that. Really? I would find that really strange. Actually, on it, the other hand, if someone <laughs> came up to me, hey, what's up? I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I thought. But apparently, but in America, a lot of people do that. They're actually quite friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To your face. Man. No, <laughs> it's okay. No, that's actually true. Thai people are quite shy, um, quite yeah. um, intrinsic. What do you say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then the same with dating, like, in America or wherever, like somewhere you're out in a bar, like someone will approach you and like try and chat with you, get your number or whatever. But in Thailand, that's a lot less likely, I feel like. I feel like um, the Thai culture, especially Thai women, they um, love playing hard to get. I'm just saying like fun, <laughs> funny stories, right? So for example, when you are in a bar and you would like, I don't know, like everyone's like really, in, in Bangkok, really fancy, really sexy. I would say, right, they're, they're standing on the bar, they're dancing, making eye contact, and then a guy would come, and they were just like, hmm. Oh, yeah, they turn their head away. That's true. I think a I have seen that women. before. <laughs> huh. How interesting. That, so that's difficult for men, I feel like that. It's yeah. hard to read. You know, the girl's giving off all these signals, like she's friendly, she's sexy, she wants something, she wants attention, and then the guy goes over to her, and she's like, snaps him off. She, she just uh, turns nope. her back on him. <laughs> oh. oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So then what, what type of guys do you date in Bangkok then? Um, what type of guys? Yeah, like Thai, um, Western, half. So um, basically, so I've never dated a Thai guy before. Um, but what I've heard from is that they are, in, in Thai we've got a word, it's called we call them butterflies if they're kind of like playboys. They're like going from flower to flower, you know. <laughs> you know, nothing too serious. Um, uh, that's what I heard. Uh, Western guys, it's, I think it's quite, Tinder is becoming really, really popular these days. Um, everyone who's <laughs> single, I know they're probably on Tinder trying their luck. Um, but the thing is, it's really hard to actually find a decent Western guy in Bangkok. I feel because most of them want to have fun because it's it's the city of angels, right? And um, it's just so accessible and easy here. And everyone and all, all women are just really beautiful. Mm. I find that's true. Um, so it's, it's it's difficult. Yeah, and it's a shame for women. You actually want to try and 
do something get, yeah. or get someone serious and then if you actually get to meet someone most of, of most of the time they leave again right yeah so hard times yeah um yeah uh i've got a boyfriend <laughs> he's half thai half scottish um we that's actually a funny story you were there too um <laughs> so basically there was a halfy party a lukrung party where we may <laughs> so true you know exactly what I'm saying. So I'm talking about these social groups in Thailand and like a, a half Thai comes and they're not Thai. They're not Western. So we make our own little half Thais get together. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> and then in, in that group, no other like no, no other nationality apart from if you were not half Thai, you weren't allowed into that group. No, really? Was it? It's not that straight. I there think, were, I think there were parties open. like that. They were pretty straight. De really? Depend, depends on a group, yeah. Damn, I haven't been to those meetups for a long, long time. I don't <laughs> think they still have them, do they? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think a few years ago, there was like a whole wave of like all these half Thais who lived around the world just deciding to come and live in Thailand. And then obviously they come here and they don't have any friends. So then they establish this group. But now all these people have lived in Thailand for a while now they've established their lifestyle and they're all their lives here and, and found their friends so it's not so much of a thing as much possibly yeah I don't but know. yeah you met your boyfriend in that yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's another thing in Thailand that I think is interesting it's like the hierarchy of a lot of things so there's a there's a world of like the upper class, let's say, and these people who've mostly lived in Thailand all their lives and they've not really been not been accustomed to the Western values. So say in the West, when you grow up in the West, you do everything yourself. You learn how to clean, cook, laundry. You just you don't take anything for granted, really. You do things yourself, and that's just simple, daily, human skills, right? Mm -hmm. But in Thailand... If you're in this upper class, you have a lot of people do things for you. You have a cook, you have a maid, you have a driver, whatever. So, I don't know. There's, and there's, it's this, there's this world, and we were talking about this a while ago, and we find it quite bizarre, really, like that how people can be so comfortable in Thailand. Yeah. So, when I was growing up, um, my dad taught, taught me to do loads of things, like basically D DIY everything. If something's broken, you fix it like this. If you, you do the gardening like this, you do the, I don't know, laundry from, from, like, from small stuff, from small fixing stuff or like even um, uh, sewing yeah. to, I don't know, like just everything, right? W which concerns um, house chores and um, yeah. And basically in what I saw in... Thailand is even the middle class has maids these days. So they cook, they they um, do the laundry for you, or like they clean. Um, you call the electrician or the the how you call it, the plumber or like in like services for everything. Yeah. So um, whatever is broken, even if the toilet's not working, right? A normal person in the Western world would open the lid and like look at it. It's like, oh, okay, the mechanics, la 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 la, fix it themselves. In Thailand, someone would actually call someone else to fix that, and they would overcharge, obviously, for like something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely, it's so true. And like, I don't know. I think I don't think it's a good thing to be honest that people become so reliant 
on these services because once they do go, go to the Western world, like they go studying, go move there, whatever, they don't know how to do anything. Yeah. I remember once I was in uh, my international school, I went to Bangkok Patina School for like a year and a half and we had to take this uh, after school course in like a, like a cooking thing. And like, so the teacher's like, okay, everyone like peel the, peel the potatoes. And one girl picked up the potato peeler and she had no idea how to use it. That's and so sweet. It's so bizarre. Like the teacher who's, I think he was British at the time. I think he looked at me and, I, and we're just like, <laughs> like we just kind of looked at each other like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. These kids don't know, don't know how to do anything. And like, how can they go and be adults in the future and do this and that, you know, like it's, I don't know. I think it's important to teach your kids to know these simple skills. Even the other day, I was like, I had a dress and I was, I went to the, uh, my dad's office and I was sewing it myself. And then his secretary was like, oh, you know how to do that. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You don't? <laughs> like, I know you don't. Like, really? <laughs> but to us, it's so normal, you know. But like for a lot of people who live in Thailand, they're just so used to all the easy access of like whatever, whatever service is... Uh, it's a different world. Yeah, and it's so cheap as well. So why not? I mean, I, I do understand why people do it. Because obviously, they're so Thai people are very lazy people. <laughs> so they find solutions for everything. It's actually really genius in one way, but very, like, yeah, unproductive unproductive on the other. Um, so, yeah. I don't, well, if, if I, I guess if I was born here and raised, I'd probably do the same thing, to be honest. But what if you were to have a kid and you were living in Thailand? Say. yeah obviously I don't would you have the maids do everything for them or maybe have some sort of ne- negotiation like they need to do their chores they need to know how to do ABC whatever no yeah obviously I would probably I think so I think it's important for me yeah it would be yeah basic human skills know how to peel a potato <laughs> okay so um Back in the day, like a long time, a few years ago, not a long time, maybe like six years ago, I'm getting old now, I forget. <laughs> I was getting into a little bit of modeling industry in Thailand, and I know that Christiana also has a, quite a big experience of modeling and acting in Thailand. Mm. So share with us, how was that? The modeling industry. So... That brings me back to my story when I started my internship in Bangkok. So I finished the internship and then I got right into the modeling industry because a friend of mine said, hey, you're half Thai. Everyone who's modeling here is half Thai. You should try it out. Um, So I went to a few agencies. Um, I was just freelancing because uh, none of the bigger agencies actually wanted to take me um, on on a contract or so. Mm -hmm. Because contracts are normally like three months or so and you can only go with that specific agency. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, but that's, w- that's a good thing because if they tie you down for that three months and they don't deliver jobs for you, then yeah. you're you're stuck. You can't go anywhere else. Yeah, but on the other hand, they also um, sometimes they provide accommodations oh. or like even they take only a smaller percentage, which is like twenty percent or so of the budget. Whereas freelancers, I remember a time where freelancers only took. 25% and then it was 30% and now some of them even try to get 35% of the total budget. So if you imagine you've got 10,000 baht or so, right? Yeah, and then they much. take they take most of it. It's, it's ridiculous. So what type of commercials or movies or whatever, what have you done? Oh, okay. Um, the main ones. 
the main ones. I did one for Air China last oh, yeah. year. That I was, saw that's really cool. That was really awesome. Um, that was um, they flew me out to China. They were basically when they were casting, they were looking for people who know how to climb, um, rock climbing, rock climbing, right? Um, so they took me out to China, and um, there was it was just really beautiful. We hiked, and then there was this really beautiful wall and. Yeah, ah, I loved it so much. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, what else did I do? I did a few movies actually. Uh, one is on Netflix. <laughs> In America, though, Aww. I hope no one's gonna What's watch the movie that. called? I actually don't want to say it because otherwise people are actually. I know that you it. you you got a little bit violent in the movie. You was punching a girl. Oh yeah, that was that was actually really fun. No, my part was awesome. I was I covered the whole five first five minutes, <laughs> and then in the middle somewhere end fight. Um, oh, so we have that in common too. We both fought. You know, in one in the ring, one in, on movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. It's called locked up. Locked up. <laughs> locked up. <laughs> <laughs> quick save it okay and then um you you're i see you around the song tales in padia sometimes on the on the on the posters on the song tale which is like it's like what's a song tale how would you describe that oh that's it's like, like a truck a... it's like a half truck that people just kind of hop on hop, hop off and there it takes them around yeah. the town anyway She's on these posters that are on a lot of these in Pattaya city oh yeah and it's for a laser tag for laser tag that was a fun shoot too yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah, that's really cool. I did um, a lot of extras at one point. Extra, like, jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, extra job. I was, like, when I was a teenager. I got in um, The Hangover 2. Oh, really? No yeah, way. Yeah. That's so cool. It was so cool. It was, like, at the top of the boar yeah. on the on the balcony. It's when Mr. Chow gets arrested by the police. He's coming with the helicopter. He gets yeah. arrested and going through, the, going through the door. And I'm stood behind the window, the glass. Look, can, you still, can you see yourself? Yeah. See, oh, no way. <laughs> it doesn't look like me, though. Like, I'm very made up. But um, that was a really cool experience. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped doing extras. Because the thing is, in Thailand, you only get like 50 bucks or so. Yeah, it's really long. It's ridiculous for the whole day. And sometimes the whole day is like 12 hours. Yeah. It's just mostly for experience that I would do it. And plus, like I said, I was a teenager. I just wanted a little bit extra or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. But I uh, I would say acting in Thailand is a little bit... Is is a little bit difficult because the thing is most movies who come here um, are low budget movies, so you can't really expect mm-hmm. high quality. And even if it's a uh, um, a Hollywood movie or whatever, they already bring their um, actors in and maybe look for like extras or stunt doubles or whatever. That's true. Um, yeah, they do their castings yeah. all like back in Hollywood or wherever. Hmm. So yeah, but um, being. Having your look being mixed race, do you feel like you're a particular look for a certain client or customer from a different country or whatever? Because I mean, you could go for any like you know that's race. what I that's what I thought too when I started um, modeling here because I was like I'm half Thai, like everyone loves half Thai, right? Mm-hmm. Until I started working and I realized everyone's half Thai and they're <laughs> all so much prettier and skinnier than you and taller as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so. I know that. I know, I know how that feels. <laughs> We're both in the same boat there. Um, so yeah, not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> Any tips for other anyone who wants to come and do modeling in Thailand or acting or or is or is already in Thailand and considering it? How would you get into it? Or yeah. Um. 
I mean, it's not it's not that hard to get into modeling or acting here in Thailand. You just need to um, either go with an agency, get get on an, a contract, or you need to start um, developing relationships, get more contacts, and that just takes time. Um, basically, talk to as many people as possible. If you go to a casting, talk to the casting people, get a get a few numbers, and then just call and message around. Um, I, I remember when I was doing it there was like models night at clubs like every day of the night in yeah. bangkok in all different clubs or bars and the models can go in and they get like so many free drinks so you'd see on weekdays all these models going in and getting trashed yeah. <laughs> but it's not do they still they, do that though they, they still do that but the clubs are not really nice so i imagine like if you go with a group of friends you get trashed you go to another club then, then it's worth it yeah I mean, most of them they go in the ones that are like um, in flocks. Um, yeah, in, in flocks. <laughs> and then most of them are in Koi. Yeah, Koi has a, the models night as well. But yeah, a lot of these models are like the ones who are on contract, so they're here for a duration, and they're already st- in accommodation, but shared accommodation with yeah. other models or whatever. So they all go around every night and get hammered in these places. So nice story for you there <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't think um, doing being in this industry is something to live off you need something else it's very inconsistent yeah the money is not that great that's true yeah so then after that after after this uh after doing modeling and acting you got into the fitness industry i did yeah um i just got really interested into fitness in general um so basically, my boyfriend uh, was really or is really into fitness, and that just got me interested. And I started um, learning more. I started taking a course, basically, um, and not even with the intention to become a fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I was like, okay, let's let's just look for a job, see how it goes, and, and yeah. Well, I've always known you as an active person. So because remember when was it the first time we met or second time we met that we were doing the. What is it? Like those rubber ring things that blow up rubber rings and you go down the river in Grand Chan. Was that the first time I met you? We're doing some water oh, activity in Grand yeah. Chan. Why is that an active activity? We were drinking. You were drinking. I was, drinking. I was not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah, maybe let's not call that an active <laughs> then thing. But it's another thing you can do in Thailand that doesn't have to involve alcohol. Just for fun. It's a day out. But it's not really active, Like, those, uh, yeah, floating in a rubber Um, thingy thing. (laughs) And then, I know you like to go rock climbing. Mm -hmm. Rock climbing. Um, I was, there was a period of time where I was into stunts. Mm -hmm. So, I I, I was, after that movie, Locked Up, actually, I I was so convinced that this is it. This is so cool. I want to, I want to become a stunt stunt, um, woman. And then I got more into stunts. I got injured as well. I know it hurt when you fell and like the and, and the fight scenes and everything. I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does hurt. I mean, you have to fall. You have to get hurt and bumped and whatever because you're doing that. So the other person doesn't have to get it. Yeah. So, so. yeah, reality looked different. It, it was too painful. <laughs> it looked and good then, in the movies. <laughs> um. But what is really popular here is um, basically that Muay Thai fitness. So not the mm. traditional Muay Thai, but rather those trendy fitness gyms where you basically someone's just holding the pads and getting you out of breath. Um, so I did that for a while, which was quite nice and fun. And um, But I feel like that was like a boom and then it came down. Yeah, like It was really popular at one point and now it started to die out a little bit. Like some gyms have survived, 
But a lot of gyms are closed down. Those really? studio ones, yeah, like RSM. I think it's only like ASOC branch really? now. Yeah, they had oh. so many before. And like a lot of gyms, those studio ones have like closed down. It's really like mostly, I know Fitpack is there. Uh, Cheeks is yeah. still there. Studio Muay Thai. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really like that down. I mean, that's the thing though. Thai people, they follow trends. Yeah, they only like what's new. If if like whatever shop opens or studio, they go in, they love it, 200 people at once. And then at two, three, five months later, no one cares about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think after the Muay Thai was like um, the uh, biking, mm. like cycling. And then that's oh, yeah, died yeah. out now. And then I don't know what it is now. CrossFit? Not sure. I'm not sure. There's always something anyway. If you look on Instagram, you can probably find out what the next trend is. But yeah. So then, yeah, you got into the fitness industry because you just had that interest to learn more. Yep. Mm, and then, and then, so how did like getting into like becoming a personal trainer? How did that happen? So it was actually a personal trainer's course, um, which basically just teaches you the fundamentals of how not to um, injure your clients. That was the main part of it, actually. Um, and besides that, you need you obviously need to um, do a lot of your own research to get better. I don't know, read a lot, whatever. And then um, after the course, after I got certified um, by ACE, basically, which is an American Council um, of Exercise, Council of Exercise, this, uh, the international certificate, I started working at a gym, functional gym, mm-hmm. um, for under a year or so, one and a half years, and now I'm freelancing basically. So um, uh, I've got my own private clients. Um, they Most condos here have their own gyms. So I go from condo to condo to mm-hmm. actually train them, to coach them. Do you have to pay to go into the condo? Oh, no, no, no. They're, n- <coughs> no. They're allowed to bring one guest into the gym, right? Yeah, um, they are allowed oh, to. And most of the time people actually don't really care. Um, um. Because per- personal trainers are actually quite accepted in the condo gyms. Mm-hmm. But there's only a handful of... Um, like, how do you say, like, chains or boutique gyms or whatever that actually allow freelance trainers because they, most of the time, they have their own trainers already and they obviously don't want to promote any anyone else. Right, that makes sense. So for each each client, you have, they tell you, tell you their goals and then you have to d- develop a program yeah. specified for that person. Yeah. Mm. So you, you have something called the BFF method system. Um, so... <laughs> The BFF method, um, that's basically, um, so it started out as a, just as a Facebook page that I started with a friend of mine and we actually just wanted to use it to drive more traffic to our, um, how how do you say our personas? Um, basically, um, to drive more traffic (laughs) and it's BFF stands for burn fat forever. And it's so, okay, I lost the thread. (laughs) (laughs) BFF method, yeah. What is it? Um, Okay, so as said, it was actually, initially it was just a um, platform to to, to bring more people to to actually start our freelancing business um, that we take on our own clients and that we get independent from our gym. And now I started developing an online training um, to... which I'm still developing. Um, I want to get more people on it in a in a couple of weeks or so when when it's ready, mm-hmm. because I believe that 
weight loss, especially those who are looking for weight loss, who, who are not very experienced with um, working out or how everything works. Um, I'm convinced that this online program or online program in general is going to benefit them more because mm -hmm. the thing is weight loss, muscle gain is all about nutrition and lifestyle. So 70% of it is going to be dependent um, on it. Only 30% of training. So I'm not saying that the training doesn't matter. It's just not as important as the nutrition part. And if your lifestyle is not adapted to basically um, what you're eating, mm -hmm. socializing, I don't know, if, if, if you can't manage that balance, then it's not going to work. It doesn't matter how... Do you think it's easy to keep that balance living in Bangkok? Um, it... I, I don't think that's a problem wherever you live mm. um, because most of the time people think, okay, I want to lose weight, so I need to cut this, 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 and that. And then um, they just restrict themselves from doing anything, eating anything, getting super unsocial because for them it's either being super fit and doing this or being unhealthy and, I don't know, partying and with friends and stuff. Although you should be able to actually combine both and that's what – I'm basically um, coaching in my online course. Um, a lot of people like to say that Thai food is healthy. What do you think? Thai food. Um, so the reason why Thai people are so skinny, I'm not sure actually. It's, it's genetics. And, <laughs> yeah. and back... I, but no, now, nowadays, these days. these days, not anymore because all those... Um, Western influence. Western influence, uh, um, junk food, KFC, McDonald's are here and just Thai kids and Thai adults just love it because it's so convenient and tastes good. Um, but I remember back then, like 10, 15 years ago, ev everyone was like really super skinny. Yeah. Um, I just think because they didn't eat that much <laughs> in general. Maybe. Yeah. Now the availability of just food. Well, I mean, food's always been everywhere, but yeah, maybe when they bought the Thai stuff, the Thai street food, it's so small, the portion size is. Yeah. Maybe that's why. And then now... Yeah, if they go to a Western branch, whatever, like like you said, Krispy Kreme or McDonald's is going to be a lot. They'll buy the whole twelve box of Krispy Kreme. Do. And then, like, I've, I always like I never see someone just walking around with like one little paper bag of one donut. They always like have that twelve box. That's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but back to your question: Is Thai food healthy? Mm. It depends. It depends on how much all they put in. It depends on if it's fried. It depends on how big the um, the rice portion obviously is. It just it depends on a lot of things. Obviously, how about the nutrition value of like let's say like a stir fry in rice? Stir I don't think it's very nutritious. It depends no. on what you put in. So um, what is what is nutritious, right? What is healthy? Mm. If if you want to eat something healthy, let's say a plate, you always want to have um, carbs. Obviously, you want to have protein. You want to have vegetables on your plate minimum and a moderate amount of oil or fat, right? And the thing is with Thai dishes, it's either vegetable and rice or it's meat and rice. So there's no, most of the time, no good balance mm -hmm. or you order like several things. I think um, also the rate of diabetes in Thailand is very high. Um, they put sugar in everything. Everything. Yeah. It's like you, you buy toast, there's sugar in it. You buy, I don't know, whatever you think it's safe. Even like normal food, you go to a restaurant and you ask for like a stir fry, they're mm. going to put some sugar in it. It's Tastes true. better. I don't know. But so when I, when I order in Thailand, I always ask for no sugar, 
no MSG, a little bit spicy. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, oh my God, this girl is like so annoying. <laughs> when, it comes and when it comes and it's too sweet, I'm like, I'm sorry, but you got to do redo this. Yeah. Yeah. It's my health, you know. But I think with anywhere where you live, pre- preparation is the key in order to find a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Obviously, if you cook yourself, it's easier. But nowadays, there is even... You can go to the supermarket, buy those pre-made pre-made food, um, which is really cheap, very accessible. And they call it clean food here, mm. basically. Yeah, yeah, they do have that. There's a lot, a lot of companies now who actually mm. do like delivery of like free, clean food. Yeah. Free, not free. <laughs> Clean food. Clean food. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And I think it's the same around the world as well, you know, like you can be healthy wherever you are. I mean, I was in America not too long ago and like people complain that it's hard to find healthy food or it's, ex- it's expensive. But, it's, you know, it really depends. Like what, what else are you spending your money on? I mean, I went to Trader Joe's like almost every day. Got a salad from there. It's only like maybe $4. No, no, nothing more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's ways. Um, so let's go back to BFF method. Mm-hmm. How, so is it still you and your friend doing it? Yeah. And how they sh- used to work together or you did the course? How do, oh, you, we, how do you know each other? So we used to work together at the same gym. Mm. Um, yeah. So we used to work together at the same gym and then we started the page basically. Um, I've got a website as well. So if you want to have a look at the website, BFF method dot com nice yeah <laughs> we've got some testimonials as well if you're interested in weight loss by the way um yeah so basically we're, we're posting very interesting uh, about very interesting topics how to lose weight what mistakes people do and tips and tricks um in general basically about food nutrition mm-hmm. um lifestyle everything that goes together That's cool. I'll, I'll share the link to that on in the description on the youtube video and on the other um platform podcast platforms um i also noticed that you have a niche in prenatal and postnatal training um i do so i got certified prenatal postnatal training um i've got a couple of clients now who are both pre and postnatal basically pregnancy people uh, women who are pregnant <laughs> and after after, pre- after yeah. pregnancy um yeah because so basically what the difference is be- between that group and let's say a how do you say before pregnancy group <laughs> how do you call the it? non-pregnant the non-pregnant people, people <laughs> is um there is a couple of things that you actually need to consider um especially obviously the jumping part mm. then there's um uh because they get more exhausted easier also um hormonal w- w- what's happening within your body when you're pregnant because of the hormones that you're ba- Lo- loads of things basically that you need to consider that you breathing, can't breathing i'm do. sure right um a lot of breathing exercises mm-hmm. um how to engage your core is a little bit different because there's a lot of women who are actually um how do you say um concerned about exercising during pregnancy because they think it would harm the baby which is completely not true it's actually very beneficial for the mom and the baby um, even uh, postnatal recovery um, is going to be speed up. How how soon after giving birth is a woman allowed to exercise or is everyone different? Um, that really depends on the woman. 
Um, it also depends on if you um, had a natural birth or C-section. Mm. So C-section normally takes a little longer. Um, the doctor usually gives six weeks or so um, recovery after after the birth for the wound to heal. And then it really depends on the uh, on, on the individual if they feel um, like exercising again. Because some have that phantom pain that they don't want to like engage their core because they feel like otherwise They're it's going to rip open. <clears throat> exactly. So it really depends on. But right after birth, um, what you can do if you want to, um, because exercising is a mental thing as well, right? It mm -hmm. helps you to distract yourself and also get a little bit physical activity. So what's really great thing to do is um, like doing a few stretch stretches, um, going for a walk, just like getting a little bit of movement into mm -hmm. your daily life. When you said like um, they have to, the way they engage the core is differently. What what type of exercises are we saying? Um, it's obviously nothing on the stomach, but um, what what do you mean during what, pregnancy? Yeah, yeah, when they're pregnant. Um, it's not really different. It's just that um, a lot of women don't know how to actually engage their core, mm. and by not engaging their core, they tend to get back pain because obviously your core muscles as your baby grows. Um, your core muscles get stretched out and weakened. So what you need to do is basically in daily life, try to engage your core. So oh. what I cue my clients normally is to pull their baby up and in. So basically it looks from the side, it looks like a little lift. So you, it, it feels like a hug for the baby basically. Um, if, they, if, if, if they do that, um, they feel an immediate relief of Whoa. back pain basically. Wow. That's interesting. I'll try that when I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I know that things also things like swimming is also really great. Oh yeah, yeah. My mom used to swim a lot when she was pregnant with me, and she she did say that that helped. Um, but yeah, oh, that's cool. I, I saw a, there's a girl who used to be a really good Muay Thai fighter called Kaylee Reese, and like she's been pregnant twice now. And uh, when she was heavily pregnant, she was training Muay Thai, yeah. like kicking pads and she punching was pads. Kicking? Yeah. Is that like I don't know? The, I mean, the babies are healthy, but like I feel like if the baby's inside her belly and that's happening, they're gonna feel it as an earthquake. <laughs> um, if you if you were fit before pregnancy, um, you can normally do the same exercises during your pregnancy, right? But obviously with caution, and um, it's really important to listen to your body because um, as you when during pregnancy you get exhausted easier. So, um, mm. she can probably, she, she, because her body's so used to those. Exactly. But okay. probably more exhausted, like mm. faster exhausted. Right. Interesting. So apart from that niche, what other type of clients do you usually have? Oh, or who's your, who's your target? You have any, anyone and everyone. Um, my target is actually women who mm. want to lose weight, basically. Um, that's my main target, but I do... Um, I do train all all people from different kinds of walks, um, international, Thai as well, um, couples I train as well. Because in my opinion, weight loss for women and men is the same thing. You need to strengthen your muscles and you need to have your nutrition in mm -hmm. place. That's basically all. Um, the way to get there is... Depends on the client. Not everyone is the same, obviously. But, but then say you're, you're, if you train a couple, I think the exercises they're doing should be different, no? 
Are they doing exactly the same things, but de- in different different uh, capacity? It depends. It depends on the goal. Mm-hmm. So um, I obviously need to structure the workouts um, basically each week differently. But fact is that men and women need to train their lower body. Men and women need to train their upper body. Mm-hmm. Men and women need to train their endurance and conditioning. Um, for f- I'm, I'm talking only about weight loss. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to I wanna look like this guy, like super buff, big biceps, big chest and back, I'm probably not the right one to contact. So I would... Right, right. You can't really spot them when they're trying to bench press. It's, it's like. not about that. It's more that it's not my style oh. because they would they would split it differently and have mm. um, different kinds of targets, more isolation exercise, like training uh, biceps true. more, training triceps or so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And so, so for everyone, don't skip leg day. Exactly. <laughs> because... Where does and booty day? Do you know why? Because where does your main power come from? From your butt. Yeah, I mean your your glutes, your butt muscle is the biggest muscle in your body, so make it a strong one. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you want to run fast, you need a you need a strong butt. I'm not kidding. The <laughs> guy hip thrust. Right. Okay, so what's your fitness career goals? <sighs> I mean, you're working on BFF method. Is it? Yeah. Is the website finished, or is it still? A I'm still. Um, I'm still working on the online training part. So mm-hmm. the the website is obviously finished for um, personal training, one on one. The online training, I'm still working on it. I've got um, three guinea pigs on it right now, and oh, nice. a couple of um, clients um, who are working with me on it as well. So um, yeah, it's developing slowly, but mm-hmm. steady. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's it. We just working on that right now. Is yeah. there any other goals in mind? Um anything not fitness related? Anything not So right now my whole life is just about fitness and trying to manage my schedule because it's very very hectic. Because apart from training other people and and trying to build my my program I need to train myself as well obviously. Yeah. Um not necessarily for the physical aspect but also mentally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you need to practice what you preach. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think that if you're if you're promoting something, then you do need to live that way or somewhat, you know. Because have you ever seen a personal trainer that is overweight? Maybe I talent did. a fitness first. <laughs> I did actually, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe smoking as well. I've seen them in fitness first in Thailand, like in the parking lot, and they're all like stood there smoking on the brakes. Yeah. It's like what. Would you want to have a personal trainer that is unfit and smokes? No. How are they going to help you? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. It's a ma- it's, yeah, like you said earlier, it's, you know, it's, it's in part of the mind as well as your mindset. So, um, yeah. So how often do you, do you work out right now? Or what's your goal, your hmm. fitness goal? Do you have one? Or are you just kind of maintaining right now? Um, it's always, if... The thing is, if other people look at you, they're like, oh, you're perfect. You're already there, you know. Mm. But if you look into the mirror at yourself, you're always going to be critical. You always want to perfectionate it. So um, I'm training right now actually five five to six times a week, Mm. um, an hour or so per day. And yeah, I don't know, just trying to go a little bit heavy in the weights or like even endurance wise, do some conditioning, run a little bit longer. So when Christiana walked in here, she had a huge bruise on her arm and uh No? No. <laughs> I 
<laughs> okay, we won't, we won't talk about that then. <laughs> Motorbike, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, do you see yourself living in Thailand forever? And if not, how long? Okay, let's talk about that bruise and the, oh, and the okay. open wound, okay? No, you don't want to talk about it? I you no, it's okay, it's okay. okay. So basically, I, had, I was on holidays um, in Koh Samui, which is uh, a big island actually in the south of Thailand. Um, I was riding a motorbike with my boyfriend on the back, right? And we were, I was overtaking um, a series of cars, not r- really seriously, at a moderate speed. There was no oncoming traffic and I was just minding my own business, you know? And then out of a sudden, as I was overtaking that car, he blinked and immediately pulled out. And I, boom. <laughs> and... There we were on the side of the road, hitting another car. Um, yeah, basically we went flying through the air. Um, he immediately wow. pulled out without looking into the mirror or a um, shoulder look, you know. Um, yeah, so we didn't break anything, no major injuries or whatatsoever, just a couple of bruises, a couple of, um, how do you say? Uh, bumps and scratches. Bumps, or... scratches. Yeah. So really, really lucky, actually. Yeah. I mean, they say in Samui, which is an island in the south of Thailand, when you're driving a motorbike, if you're going to drive a motorbike, most people get scars and they call it a Samui tattoo. They do? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a small... Oh. I have one too. I had a motorbike. No I fell off a motorbike. Yeah, I also have that t- the same tattoo on my, on my knee oh. from riding a motorbike in Samui. Because um, there's sand all over the place, first of all. Yeah. People are kind of... In Hollywood, not Hollywood, obviously, holiday mode, and they're not really paying attention to anything, so they're just driving around and whatever. The people driving the car were actually foreigners who who were living in Samoy. And obviously they 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 said it's my fault and why was I driving like that? They were blinking. I'm like, yeah, even if you were blinking, you still need to look, right? Yeah. It's not like you can just... Yeah. But feel, yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. Some yeah. tattoo. So that's why I wanted to ask you because you, I know you have all these bruises and you're trying to keep up. You're training five to six times a week. Like, can you do that right now? I mean, I mean, I've got, I've got a how do you say an in, like an injury, a wound on my um, ankle. It does yeah. hurt a little bit, but um, I, I just try not to focus on my legs too much at the moment until it's healed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, when my fighters they have their fights and then they got bumps and bruises all over the place then they usually take a couple of days off before they get back into it. Or they do like a sauna or apply heat. If it's like over 72 hours, yeah. then yeah. I mean, it helps. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the last question, do you see yourself living in Thailand forever? And if not, then how long? Or do you have any plans, really? Are you just living there with like, yeah, you have no plans? There? Okay. First question, no. <laughs> Second question, any plans? No. <laughs> um, I, I really don't know what's going to come next. Um, I'm pretty spontaneous with my ideas and my plans. And if one day I'm going to decide, okay, I want to go to back to Germany, I would move immediately back to Germany. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, I, that's why I don't really like being bound to one place. It kind of, it, it kind of scares me. Do you think that's because you've lived in so many different places that you're, you're so accustomed to moving around and Could living kind be. of like a free, a free sort of life. And then also with the work that you do, you know, interpreter and translator slash 
personal trainer, you can do that anywhere. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that, that was one of the reasons why I actually started interpreting translating as well because I knew that I could move anywhere in the world. Mm. And also fitness trainer is one of those jobs, you know, like you just right. go to another place, you start working there. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's good. It's good. So. It's good that you, you kind of have that, that what, what would you call it? Something special. So you have the fitness and you have the translation. So yeah, it's good that you have that. You don't really need a plan of where to go to next when you have something that you can kind of make your way yeah. anywhere. So right now my, my goal is getting that online training up and I'm getting just trying to get more people on it to try as many to try to help as many people as possible because I really think there is nothing like that out yet here. Mm -hmm. There are online training programs from other personal trainers, but most of the time what they do is just either customize or give you um, a standard training program, maybe even a video um, and a, a set meal plan where they say, okay, you need to eat 1,500 calories and this and this and that and this and don't eat this and that. So what makes BFF different? Um, basically, we, with my program, I try to actually help people, to educate people to understand how weight loss works because there's so much misinformation mm -hmm. out there. Because if you go to, let's say, a Pilates studio, to a yoga studio, everyone's going to tell you, oh, yeah, you can lose weight with yoga. Um, do this and that. Or they, they start trying out different things from, from, I don't know, from Pilates to CrossFit over to functional training. And they don't really know what to do, how to, like, structure it. Um, and that's the big problem. Mm. Because people just... They I think that's true. Yeah, with the online... Uh, when you have a trainer uh, most of the time they will just tell you what to do and how to eat rather than teach you yeah yeah um i think and that's that's the main problem basically e education lack of education on it yeah and then also maybe they don't have the comfort to seek that i don't know where to seek it so yeah, yeah. that's good so so your first target are these customers on for this program you're doing is in thailand yes but, but, but really you could teach uh have a client anywhere in the world right yeah um eventually yeah i'm gonna start out here in bangkok and then see how it goes where it takes me okay is there anything else you want to talk about i think we covered pretty much covered everything? Everything. all right so thank you for listening to this episode please hit the like and subscribe button follow the jade marissa podcast and thank you christiana thank you